Anus. Okay. We don't need losers. Bad enough. Are we ready? They've gone up the ventilation shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final part of our uh, Half-Life 2 game club. Sorry. So... I don't even want to do all the numbers. Uh, let's just say for this one, you should, part four. You should have played through episode four. <laughs> episode two. Welcome to the future. <laughs> you should have played through episode two. Alex died, by the way. Alex is dead. Alex is dead. At a ripe old age of sixty-eight. Again, you mean Alex is dead again? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm Anthony Gallegos uh, from EatSleepGame.com as well as from GameSpy. With me is Arthur Geese. That's where you say hi so people can know your voice. Oh, uh, see, I, I'm just never used to whether or not we're supposed to say hi, or you just like... I think in general you should... Where you point, which is awesome for podcasts. Yes. I, no, I think in general you should say hi so that people can associate your voice with what... The voice the that won't be saying much past the, the halfway mark in this podcast. You've beaten it before. Hi, hi Arthur. Before. So, that's Arthur. Uh, also, Tyler Barber from Eat Sleep Game. He- Hello, folks of, of the world. How are you? Welcome to my boat. Captain's Log. <laughs> uh, also with us is uh, Matt Chanjanay from Area5.tv. Hello. Demon's Souls sucks. And as well as, as Ryan O'Donnell from Area5.tv, who's probably pondering a really clever line to start with. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it actually looks like he's pooping himself. <laughs> he kind of always looks like that. Oh. That's how I look. He does have a very dashing beanie, though. My mom squeezed really hard when I was coming out. (laughs) (laughs) I have a misshapen head. (laughs) True story. When I was born, the doctor looked at my mom and told her that I had a pineapple head. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then he squished my head into the horrid shape. The proper shape. Wait, are you being serious? Gives me the willies. That's good. That's awesome that they can do that. It's good, because now you're bald like me. That's why? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm saying it's good because otherwise you'd be, have a bald, misshapen head. That's even worse. <laughs> you look like Who knows? Bert. You maybe look like Bert from. Uh, what if like, what sorry. if like his eyeglasses were crooked or something? What if my head my head was fine and he ruined it? <laughs> That's true. It's possible. Totally possible. So um, your head is beautiful. So so where we left off, the train had wrecked. Yep. And that's where Half Life Episode Two <coughs> commences. Starts, starts on a wrecked train. Which, by the way, but when since I was playing this, we had, I had just finished Uncharted Two not so long ago, which starts out with a much better train, train. right? But I, I was still, I was still in my head like the first thing I thought when I hopped into Episode Two, I was like, "Man, this isn't near as exciting as the one in Uncharted 2. And I'm like, "Ah, that's actually totally not fair." Yeah, <laughs> but then they destroy a bridge, and that was with cool. lightning storm, right? Because like right after that, when uh, the train pieces start falling and like the the portal storm destroys the bridge, I remember thinking that I was like. Okay, well, they they introduced all this awesome physics stuff in Half-Life 2. And now in this one, we're really seeing it come into its own. Like the destroyed bridge and later on with the buildings and they everything. Developed and some, they developed some new technology. They yeah. had wanted to do some stuff like that in the past. But um, you probably noticed in the earlier Half-Life... Maybe you don't notice anymore because they probably passed the Source Engine. But when you destroy something big, the game would chug. That's yeah. just what would happen. So mm-hmm. in Episode 2, one of the new technologies they developed is something where they can... They could blow up something big, and the animation starts. It's canned, 
So it always happens the same way. But then at some point near the end of the explosion, once all the major major pieces have landed and some of the little debris is kind of going out, then the physics engine picks up from there. And so at that point, anything can happen. But the beginning of the explosion is canned. And that's why they can do things like have you standing inside of a house when the thing explodes on mm-hmm. top of you. Did, did you. Very smart. Did you hear this from the developer's commentary? I know. I actually didn't get to, to listen to the developer's commentary on this. I only played through this one once on hard. I didn't get to to play through it twice because I was playing well, but you've Uncharted played through 2. It previously. Yeah, but I don't know if I've ever listened to the commentary. I actually have this information because I went to visit Valve before the before Episode 2 came out on a preview visit, and they this is one of the things they showed off as a feature of the game, was their new CAN technology system. So that's how, that's how it works and why it works and why they could do these big environmental physics changing things like bridges breaking and houses mm-hmm. blowing but up though, and stuff. Um, I haven't played Uncharted 2 yet, and though... Uh, it might not be as exciting as that train wreck. <laughs> I, I do like that feeling. And Ryan, you mentioned earlier that you feel like uh, Lost was a heavy influence on this game. And now that I think about it, the intro you know reminds me a lot of that. Where just, you know, Jack's laying in the bamboo field, you know, and he sort of looks up. It's like you're in the middle of this train, <laughs> looking up through the roof of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel like they're, they're pretty, they're, it's pretty obvious. They're, they're, I mean, there's a Dharma logo in, the, in, the, in, in Half-Life 2, Episode 2, and also, yeah. I'll get, we'll talk and about it numbers. when we get to White Forest, but anyway, I think the, the they're very they wear it on their on their sleeve. I mean, it's very clear. Like they're like, oh, these guys are doing episodic content with kind of like open ended narrative that ha- asks more questions than it answers, and you know, we're kind of playing the same game just in different media's. And that's a weird and, feedback loop because a lot of the stuff like that in Lost comes it, like was influenced by games, according to uh, to the creators, like. Sort of constantly engaging people in these weird little hidden clues and subtext. So to see them, see game makers take from Lost after Lost took from game makers is like a sort of weird feedback loop that will destroy the universe. <laughs> well, it, you know, some some people would say I I don't. It's not Lost is not my favorite show of all time or anything like that. But I think it's very entertaining for what it is, and it's kind of, it's like kind of a comic booky serialized, you know, video gamey sort of long-form narrative and it's interesting and goes lots of places and half-life does some of those same things and so 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 anyway we i guess we get rescued from the train by alex and there's no awkward hug no awkward hug she just hands you a gravity and yeah that's weak i wanted an awkward hug (laughs) and uh, this game hops right into the game i mean this game is a uh like clearly a direct uh response to the people who played episode one and criticized it for not looking like a new new place and you know feeling like the same art from Half Life Two and you know not really, I think they're wrong. But people who say that there's not many new make, gameplay mechanics in episode one, you know, this game is like, all right, look, we're in a new spot right now. It looks totally different, and we're just gonna like start throwing the new stuff at you pretty darn quick. I think there's the- a few physics puzzles first, but that first battle that happens really quickly with the the new white ant, ant lions that fire the acid oh, at you right. mm-hmm. is like I mean that battle is instantly like ten times harder than like most of the battles in all of Half Life Two and it's like all right look we're 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 gonna be serious this time that plus the hunter those enemies plus the hunters I think really changed the battles in this game yep so right after you get rescued I can't remember is it that right then you, you go, go into the, a mine and well, well first you go up to a cliff. And you watch the, I think it's oh, yes. the the signal being sent to the combine it's overworld. A port, there's a portal storm uh, because the portal, they're opening a mega portal on the top of the location of the old citadel. 
um, the, the the combine is, and, which is uh, the same thing that they did at the start of the Seven Hour War, right? Right, and then, yeah, and then Alex has like a little commentary just like that too. She's like, the portal storm. It reminds me of the first days, you know, right? And so you know, you see basically some sort of a the, the portal is causing some sort of sonic beam, sonic wave that mm. like basically sends out a radius of destruction around it. It wrecks a bridge in a fucking sweet way. Uh-huh. Yeah, it totally makes a sweet bridge break. And That's then... sort of like where, where Valve demonstrates that this will be the episode where you see things that you literally have not seen in any of the other Half-Life 2 stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this, is the, this is the only Half-Life game that actually can still put a hurt on some video cards just because of all the shit that they added to the engine in this one. Like, there's a lot more particle effects and a lot more, like, atmosphere and ambient occlusion and things like that. My shit would sometimes slow down during the parts where houses would blow up and stuff like that. That was pretty taxing. It runs like a bomb on my MacBook, man. Shit. This is the only... This is the only Half-Life 2... This is the only Half-Life 2 episode. I can't run it 1920 by 1080, like, without frame rate issues here Hmm. and there. Yeah, I I ran it it fine on my PC. I turned it down to... Lower between 720p and, and 1900 by 1200, um, but I maxed the effects just like hmm. just as a joke, turned like anti aliasing up to whatever 16 million percent or whatever. I guess for some reason, Source and actually performs great. better when you have anti aliasing turned on. Yeah, I turned on all the filtering yeah. effects, all I the anti stroping filtering, all that stuff. Yeah. I just maxed it all out and it was perfect. The frame rate was silky smooth. Yeah. I knew this was the first, so. Um, for all the other game club uh, sessions I've been playing on Xbox, but for this one I was like, "Fuck it, I'm moving back to PC." It, this game is so combat focused. I need to be. I need to have a mouse in my hand, and it's. It was even playing on hard. It was pretty fucking easy, mm-hmm. relatively, and so yeah, I'm glad I did that. Did that. So right after you and Alex get out, I'm having a hard time remembering. Did so you, you go straight go, into a mine, or is yeah, it, you there's yeah. a mine right there, right by where the train you can't wrecked. go in it till the portal it's, storm destroys the entrance. Yeah, and you, and you kind in. of walk inside and. Like I say, it happens pretty immediately. You get attacked by the the, the new type of ant line that spits acid at you, and uh, there's a you only have your gravity gun for a moment. So the first attack takes off a lot of damage, and you can try to start throwing things at it. But you kind of make a left around a bend, and very shortly you find um, a gun and a shotgun. That's that, right. And there's some exploding barrels around, and you can take out the guys that are fighting you, and you're like, where the hell do I go? How do I move forward? Because you can kind of see that there's a path on the in front of you on the right, but you end up having to drop down and work your way back up on a ladder to come up on the other side and fight a bunch more of these guys before you pretty quickly end up in the antlion caves. Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel... Wait, but I mean, you're we're skipping over the whole Alex gets yeah. stabbed by oh. the hunter... That's that's well. I don't. I think I see a little. Oh no no. I guess you no, don't. No, you. She gets okay. So you go into this sort of abandoned train yard and like you hear she, things. You 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 actually see the hunter yeah, like on a barn. A on the, oh, that's right. Right. right, right and and no, Alex no, no. doesn't see it. I think you do actually hop into the antlion caves just briefly Very before briefly. before you get out there. Are you there? You because you drop down. Um, there's you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of exactly. It basically looks like a mine. It still looks like a mine area, and you fight a few of these antlions, and there's just like a brief bit of... I could be tripping, but I think there's a brief I, bit of antlion see, games, and then you come back up, and then you come out on the other side, and that's where the... Uh, that's I where think the it just stays... I don't, I don't think it ever actually goes into the antlion caves proper. Like, you see... Um, 
head crab zombies fighting. Okay. Maybe. Allies. Oh, that's right. There's an elevator sequence. Yeah. You, like where you have to crank an elevator up. Uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It so, is a totally. It's so you like go into the train ride. Right? You basically see it. Alex doesn't. Then you go in and look for a supply cache. Well, you could. Well, you're looking you're, for a way to open the gate in front of the mine. I really right. like that room where she gets the message, where she fi- communicates with Kleiner, and that's where you can find the the gnome that you take with you if you're going to go on that crazy <laughs> if you really achievement hate adventure where you hate life. <laughs> I did. Did you did it? You grabbed the gnome and took it. Yeah, there's an interesting story that goes along. But yes, at this when I got to the room, I was like sort of deciding like do I want the gnome do I not and so I decided at this point like fuck it I'm gonna take it so that's to, awesome. to, to be clear the gnome is hidden like underneath a shelf behind a box you kind of have to gravity gun and pull it out it's not like it's right there sitting in front of you but it is like the garden gnome from mm-hmm. Amelie and <laughs> Travelocity commercials and your grandmother's front yard and uh, you can decide it doesn't tell you to but if you decide to like kind of bring that thing along with you there is an achievement for taking it and putting it inside the rocket at the end of the game, at the yeah. very end at White Forest. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah. It Man. presented some unique challenges. <laughs> yeah, right, especially during the driving sections, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it seems like there's a little space behind the back seat. You could get it wedged in there. You can maybe. wedge it into the. But car, it does yeah. get unwedged. Yeah. So you are, as I experienced many, <laughs> many, many. Times. I believe you. I've never. I, I took. I started taking it with me, and I don't think I made it much further than the mines or the the antlion caves well, before I was like, you know what? Kind of don't care. Like the, you what, can take that achievement. The I, fun part that I had going that route was trying to figure out the most efficient way to take it. So there are parts where you leave and come back. So it's like mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to leave it here. Mm-hmm. There are other parts where you leave and don't necessarily come back to Wait, that so spot. so if you leave it in one spot, even through loads, oh, yeah. it stays there and you can come yeah. back and grab it? Uh-huh. Okay, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Then you can at least clear out a space before having to and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same is true You know, through the whole game. You can go <laughs> several loads, several load screens, and come back and it'll still be in the same spot. That's crazy. Wow. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. So you're in the little thing, and you go inside the building right. to get the gate so, controls. So yes, the hunter, the you come out. Uh, there's a there's a short battle. Zombines are back, and then yeah, there's you walk into this train yard. A hunter is up above on some, some building. Alex doesn't see it. You hear it. I love the sound design during this section yeah. of the game. Um, it's it's you, you're constantly aware that something's there. And if you've spotted it, you know what it is, and you know you're going to have to fight it, and you're mm-hmm. like, God damn it, I don't want to fight this. Thing. What's it going to be like? And that's the thing is they don't even let you fight it, yeah. which makes it an even scarier battle yeah. when you finally do well, get to fight it. Well, especially because it, like, it comes up to you, and it, it hits you with one of its feet and basically just takes you completely out of the action. And right there it establishes that this is an enemy not to be fucked with. Yep. And then it fucking kills Alex. Like the most unkillable character of the last game. And and the thing that made the last episode so goddamn much fun was that you get to walk around with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they tease you by letting you start with her as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, God damn it, are they really going to do this to me? And of course, momentarily, just later, the Vortigaunt comes and it mm-hmm. turns out that he walks around with you and you know the, the begins the beginning of this cool co-op I you're adventure. Right. I didn't even think yeah. about that when they took her away. They replaced her yeah, with a Vorticant. And yeah. I really like, I, I don't know, I, it's one of the, again, I, I just love, sometimes Valve's sound work is just really amazing and voiceovers are amazing. Mm-hmm. I love the Vortigaunt call when he's mm-hmm. like, oh, right. I'll, I'll call my brethren. <laughs> 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 it's so awesome. It's just a really good sound effect. Yeah. 
And then like and then he says like, you know, the that they're gonna meet us in the in the caves below or whatever and um but it, it's like if they they always talk about how they communicate on this different plane of existence and stuff like that. It makes you wonder how far away were those guys really when they were replying? <laughs> right. I know, right? Since they can basically they can teleport if they want to. Yeah, they? it seems like it seems like they can do something. I don't know. I mean, what is that? What exactly is well, that? Well, like the, the thing is, though, is that, well, well, yeah, but like when you get to um, when they're, are they when just you, bending space and time at that? Yeah, point? but when you do the Alex healing sequence after you after you get the the goo from the caves. Um, they're all standing there glowing purple, just like they're the glowing fortis. purple when they... Yeah. At the beginning when, of the first... So it's like, I think they have to use this stuff as, like, power. I don't know, as power. It's their psychoactive substance. And, like, it and it gives them the power to move through the fortescence. So maybe they can't do it, like, just on their just on their own without, like, this extra special link-up ability. The extracts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, was it, uh... They, they, they were good at antlion husbandry. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, why they, that's what they... That's how they know how to get their the planet. Yeah. Yep. So, uh... So, you start walking with the, the Vortigaunt, but you really don't get too far. You hop in this elevator, mm-hmm. and it, like, starts crashing down before he's had a chance to get himself and Alex inside. And that's why you end up making your first... Everyone's right that you finally make it into the antlion caves, and your first venture in there is alone. You don't mm-hmm. have the Vortigon or Alex with you, mm-hmm. and that, I think that that helps make it scarier. That and again, those fucking acid spitting antlions <laughs> that have perfect aim and right. are deadly. I mean, they just kill you so quickly. Yeah, acid spitting things are scary too. But even the little babies actually really disturb me. Mm. The first time you roll up on one, and they the start grubs. doing the really yeah. shrill, mm-hmm. the shrill tones. Yeah, and the, the sound design on those things is awesome too. Yeah. And like, and you step on them, and they make their little sounds, and yeah. <laughs> and the because uh, you're it is really cool once you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. Yeah, I love and, there's achievement for killing 300 of them, or which whatever. Is, I think is why they make them as much noise as they do because you will always know when you're around yeah. one yeah. because well, they'll be chirping. You have to kill all them, and so though I've only. Uh, beat Half-Life episode t- 2 episode 2 twice now I've actually attempted to beat it four times so mm. it's like every time I try to kill all these grub worms but I never get it like that's I miss one somewhere yeah they're, they're all that's cause they like every little cave that you go in you know there's grubs at one end or the other mm-hmm. and there's yeah. at least like two or three that you only have one chance as you're falling uh-huh. to kill mm-hmm. oh yeah cause there's a couple of tunnels that you kind of slide yeah. right mm-hmm. through yeah so, let's see, you you kind of make your way through a few of the caves before um, falling into, and I guess we can talk more about it. The combat in these, I like these areas because they're pretty organic looking, mm-hmm. you know, a term that's thrown around a lot in game design, but they are. I mean, and they, sometimes the, the sliminess on the walls maybe looks a little cheesy, but there are times when it looks really good. Your flashlight reflects off it in an interesting way. And I, and like I was the... playing this game during a time when my one of our roommates was in the room and walked in he's a half-life fan but he watches us play modern games all the time he 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 walked in while i was playing this part and he, he was like man this game still looks like really 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 good and i was like you know it kind of, it does i mean it's not it's, it's not the art the, design exactly yep. i was like art direction goes a really 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 long way and like and i love the, the little i love the attention to detail that they have like the Anywhere that there's the grubs, you know, the slime around them glows on the wall. And so then they have uh, the the areas which are, they're like slimed over or webbed over or whatever. And that's where they've stored bodies for feeding with the Grim grubs. Grim piñata. Yeah. Grim piñata. The thing that I like about... And, well, I was just going to say in like those little areas too where they're clearly feeding areas for grubs or whatever. Those are covered in slime as well. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense like these little caves where they where they house their young 
you know, there are, are always consistently the, this color and this glow and all that good stuff. And then jumping jumping up ahead a little bit, as you get closer and closer to the, the center of the hive later on, it becomes a more grisly sight where you realize that it's not just the antlions that are eating people, like they're dragging bodies back so that the grubs can feed on them, mm-hmm. where you'll go into like these the earwax down the earwax canals <laughs> that are just like coated with blood. Yeah. Like those are that's some of the, the most truly disturbing sections of of a Half Life Two environment where you're in like <laughs> these giant like just sort of charnel houses. To me, full it, of, to me of it makes meat. me think like yeah. I'm just inside someone's incredibly snotty nose. <laughs> and it's like ordinarily this these are the the sections of games that I like the least like oh I'm inside the fucking flesh monster or yeah. I'm inside the caves you know caves Those usually are interesting wall. or yeah, yeah. Or meat walls they're not usually that interesting but yeah. there's something about this the story t- the visual storytelling in Half-Life that makes these you know it's like oh this is how the antlions like society works uh, mm-hmm. you know like it's not like you get the whole picture, but it's like a brief glimpse into it from the perspective of this guy who's trying to break in real fast, grab this shit and get out. And, you know, it's just a really interesting thing to see finally after interacting with antlions in all these different ways across the Half-Life 2 games. And and weren't they originally going to put the antlion caves in Half-Life 2, but Mm -hmm. then they decided not to? Yeah, they actually, there was a... There was an antlion king who is this giant, uh, you know, who's a giant beast. Gordon's this little speck compared to him, you know. It just sort like, of looks like a termite queen, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, basically. And, you know, it's just another one of those things that got dropped, like the, the air exchange or whatever the, that place mm-hmm. is called. Like, mm-hmm. just never. They developed a whole bunch of story for this game that's never gotten used. And that's, again, like we're talking about Lost. That's what. Mm-hmm. What makes it interesting to get and little glimpses? Is, I mean, this is where they show you that they've learned some lessons from the last two games, which is that you're in the Antlion Caves for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then you come out mm-hmm. of the yeah. Antlion Caves, and you're in a completely different combat scenario, and yep. then you go back into the Antlion. Yeah. So let's caves. talk about that scenario. That's another basically defend the, defend the turret room with turrets, but it, this time you've got four a, passageways, AI companions, and uh, and uh, there's some hopper mines around and. The, you know, hopefully you think the guys there are comedic, at least oh, well, some, also, to some extent. Uh, like, right before you get to this part, though, I, I really like it because you, you bring the Vortigaunt with you into the Antlion Cave so you can get to that area. That's afterwards. That's afterwards. We, there's, there's actually a break in the middle of right. of that section. The Vortigaunt's already there with Alex when you get there, and he's waiting for the rest of his friends to come. And then once his, the rest of his friends get there, right. and one of them comes with you to go with you to get the extract. So that's what he's saying. The, there's a break in pacing here where you go from Antlion Caves to outside of Antlion Caves. Right. And I then thought I was thinking that when you go caves. into the Antlion Caves that first time that the Vortigaunt comes with you. No, no he doesn't. They get, they get left behind. They get left behind. So you haven't... That's right. why, I, you know, the, right, the Grim right, right. Pin- Pinata stuff, you haven't even seen that yet. That yeah, comes much later after you've done this turret section. When, when I was right. out of the room for a second. Did you guys talk about how Candyman is the Vortigaunt now? And not Lugasa no. Jr. Oh, oh no, yeah. I didn't no, know he changed. Yeah, they changed yeah, voices. They, the, it's not Lugasa Jr. doing the Vortigaunts in this game. Uh-huh. It's Tony Todd. I had like, no idea. He's like a total like character actor that does a ton of genre shit, but people probably know him mm-hmm. best as the Candyman. Interesting. Or he was in the Night of the Living Dead remake. He was. <laughs> um, he was as also the in, token black dude in from... the first two Final Destination movies. Is <laughs> a morti- like a, a funeral director, a mortician, or something like that. He's been in a lot of shit, but. Uh, He's also in the rock. There right. you go. But the but that this whole that whole defend the defend the area one with the the turrets and the hopper mines and everything wouldn't have been nearly as exciting if it wasn't for it being essentially 
you know, uh, 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 be, being, you know, a, a three-way combat. And by three-way, I mean it's like you and the AI and the ant lions. You know, like well, you're not you're not fighting the other AI and guys, but but like uh, and then and then it's like it was so satisfying when like everything comes in all at once and then the Vortigaunts come in and then it really is a three-way combat. Oh, once the Vortigaunts come in, though, it's, it's over. Just, it's yeah, just a show. <laughs> it is, and it's I, a great show, though. The thing I really like about it is that I've tried to approach this thing different ways every time I do it, I think. Um, or that's what I thought is like, okay, I think I remember how to do this sequence the correct way, which was mm-hmm. that I'm going to take both of the turrets and just pull them down uh, to the left and right of Alex down at the lower chamber and let all the ant lines come at me. And I and I realized like yeah this is kind of dumb it's not really working they actually you know they tell you there's there's that vo that says like Gordon you take care of two and three and we'll mm-hmm. take care of seven and nine or whatever mm-hmm. and so I I kind of just like played along with them to a point until they start coming from like three directions at once and then move the turrets back to the left and right of Alex down at the bottom section mm-hmm. and at that point as long as the AI is doing something the turrets are standing up which they. They can basically take out anything. When they're both there, they're they're almost mm-hmm. unstoppable. And then me running around with shotgun or uh, SMG with unlimited ammo because there's ammo crates. It's right. just like super. It's just a really yeah. fun, chaotic can, battle uh, sequence. Can those guys? Can they die? I've never seen them I've die because they have die. lines of dialogue. I mean, as they're going I've up the heard elevator. One scream yeah. like he was about to, but then yeah. he didn't. Yeah. And the uh, I I actually did it mostly the the way that they told me to this time as well. But right at the end. Uh, I noticed that there was one time when I was transferring turrets from one area to another, or maybe it got knocked down or something, that as I was holding it, it was still firing at the antlions. Yeah. So at one point, I just picked one up yep. and was, like, carrying it around. <laughs> yeah, totally do that. Yeah. Just hold it like a gun. Yeah, just just holding it like an auto turret. So once great. the uh, turrets, though, eventually blow up, mm-hmm. that's well, is that right when the Vortigons come in? Yeah, because, yeah. like, the lights, the, the light on the main tunnel is flashing like crazy, and everyone thinks that it's going to be, like, this giant thing of antlions. That's right. And it's mm-hmm. a fucking troop of Vortigons. Yeah. And then there's one last final wave of ant lions that's like they're coming from every direction but of course the the vortigons are fighting with you and yeah it's so what completely it, crazy oh i, I do well i was just gonna say like what i felt about this section when it gets the most hectic is like it captures best like the best video game version of aliens the movie like where you know where i'm just like picturing my head like hudson fuck you you want some more come with this fuck you. Like, come from every angle what i like is that it starts simply and almost every combat scenario in episode two does this. It starts simply establishes something and then slowly turns mm-hmm. the screws mm-hmm. and will take something away or add like a new wrinkle. Like it constantly changes these combat scenarios. And, and in a way it seems like an experiment for what they, what they ended up doing for left for dead where like there are these sort of crescendo events that start one way and just sort of build up and mm-hmm. build up. Yeah. And what's well, cool and it, about, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just saying like what, what's also cool about this encounter is they tell you what to expect from each tunnel with mm-hmm. how many lights are are turned on, which I think is something that's really interesting too. It's just and it also, more communication, and it, and it builds so much tension because the, when all of a sudden all three or four tunnels pop up and they all have three lights on, you're like, oh fuck, I just barely made it through the last one. It's like what a motion tracker. Yeah, <laughs> and like the ah uh, oh, crap, I forgot what I was gonna say. Never mind. Somebody else <laughs> go speak. So. You, you eventually, coffee. you know, the the Vortigons come in, they take a look at Alex and... Oh, uh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like that you raised your hand right now. <laughs> it was, I, uh, I move that we do that from now on. 
Well, and it's like the it does the typical Valve thing where if you're really paying attention and you're listening to the dialogue, you can get story just out of what's happening. And uh, this was the first time that I noticed right when you come into the ant line, right when you come into this area and the ant lines are first attacking, they're like. What the hell? You really stirred them up, Gordon. They're never like this. We uh, should be the, the, fine if you don't. If as long yeah, as they don't step, step on their grubs. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, like, I killed everyone. Came <laughs> yeah. across. I'm like, oh, I might have stepped on one or two guys, <laughs> or 176. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. So the Vortigons come in, and so this was an area where I could leave the gnome. Since we go up that elevator, and, you, oh, and I knew right. we were you coming just back. leave it there, and you know you come yeah. back there. So nice. I didn't have to carry okay. it through That's all this. That's nice. That is nice. So, so so yeah, the Vortigon comes with you, and you get into the more technical, fun parts of the uh, of, of the uh, caves here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's the. I mean, I, I guess we're sort of jumping ahead, but I there's the elevator sequence. Um, at the end of this, yeah, it's not really. The I mean, there's end. actually kind of, kind of a well, lot a of couple elevator, elevator sequences. sequences I know there's a lot part. of elevator sequences. Half Life loves its elevator sequences. Well, I mean, just in this part in particular, there are like two or three yeah. like yeah. extended elevators. Yeah, the one I'm thinking of is the, the one where the the you he uh, he mentioned that there's a uh, one of those those thumpers around, and so you kind of make your way towards it. Mm-hmm. There's a few kind of shacks and. Yeah, that's um, right at the end. That's right before you come back up with it, the... It's it, not. No, that's before you're alone with the Guardian. Yeah. Um, you haven't even got uh, to the to the essence, the extract yet by that point. So the reason you're going into the Outline Caves is because the only way that the Vortigons can save Alex is by you mm-hmm. finding the... The, ro- the extract. The extract. The Antlion extract from the, mm-hmm. the main hive, uh, which they can use to, to heal her Vortessence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which and uh, so yeah, so <laughs> there, yeah, there. I guess there are a few sequences. There's one where that he, uh, you know, you come into the room and there is another elevator, and the the Vortigaunt's like telling you how good you are at solving puzzles. Like you know, <laughs> the Freeman is the master of solving this torp. I'm sure you'll be able to figure out how to open this door. And of course, his magic, his magical gate opening powers that he mm-hmm. can power up the generators that kind of uh, move you forward. And you know. He really the valve always has has like uh, you know puts you in arenas that are I mean like any game that you know a lot of times they're locking you into a space and closing you out and they always do a really interesting job clever job of like closing you into a space and then having an interesting sort of mechanic to get you out and for for this part of the game the win button is the is the Vortigon who can power up the generators mm-hmm. and move you forward so there's the elevator sequence where you have to go and find a gear. And lower him down. That's at the, the very end. Yeah, that's at the very end. Yeah. That's, that's the elevator that actually takes you up right with all the Vortigons. When yeah, you when that's where you go back to Alex. That's where you go back to Alex. Yep. I thought where you went back to Alex was after the after there's the the big ant no, lion that big ant lion battles earlier. The, the well, no, versus the no. zombies, zombies so, yeah. and, and like a bunch of like yeah. like uh, explosive materials to throw around. Right. And there's two elevators, but the elevator's only big enough for one of us, and right. I'll take the one and you take the other, and then you get to watch the battle taking place below they, you. They as really go fighting. crazy with the antlion versus head crab zombie dynamic. <laughs> yeah, this, they do. Which is actually kind of cool that you get. I mean, that's one of the fun fun parts of the first Halo game in particular was where you could see these giant battles between the Flood and the Covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. And they they definitely definitely do some of that in this between those two sides and they do it more later in the in well the and, and well. it's just like when they talk about uh, in the commentary in in episode one about how they discovered that they liked it 
through playtesting that people liked it when they saw the enemies fighting each other, so they were including more of that in episode one, and then in episode two they just totally ratcheted up to where you have these massive battles going on between the between the uh, the enemy factions and the allied factions. So after so w- I'm confused. So when do you actually get to the, the essence? Is it after the big fight? With yeah, the you, you have to remember. There's like there's various caves here where they're you know they're basically like railroad tracks and mm-hmm. um, and you know there's little parts where the Vortigon is with you and you're like shooting supply crates out uh, and and. And these uh, railroad carts are falling down. So sort of Raiders like, of the Lost Ark slash Temple of Doom mine car moments, <laughs> right? There's this and, for some and reason, the, and they do a good job of kind of like you know everyone hates is starting to hate the word pacing, but you know the pacing in this is great where you're in deep in the antlion caves in this like kind of turquoise shiny bit areas with water and and grubs all around shining bright yellow, and then you're in these brown caves with these cool sort of Eastern European or Russian looking kind of graphics all over and I mean, that are totally abandoned and the, the environment, zombies are there to have taken over. And the color of the environment you're in determines the kind of enemy you're going to be fighting too because yeah, if, you're, if you're in a mine, you're fighting headcrab zombies and if you're <laughs> somewhere blue, you're fighting antlions. And mm-hmm. and the combat in general in this in these sections is just, I don't know, I think it's, they're, they're starting, the encounters are just better and it's partially because the enemies are, are more distinct and more fun. Just the addition of that one ranged Antlion unit totally changes up the the way that those battles go down, um, but anyway, yeah. The, I mean, the, these this isn't the most exciting section of the game in in once you, when you're replaying it. I I don't think anyway. I mean, it's still fun to play it through. It sort of blends together. Exactly. It's all like this kind of cavey areas. It's it's very you know it's you're you're trying to get in there, get the essence, and get out. And aside from these the 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 that hold down the fort turret sort of moment in that room that kind of connects everything. It's just a bunch of mines and stuff. Yeah, Until I mean, you get into the Defender and the Earwax canals, right. once you finally get closer to the core, and then the actual area where you grab the, the essence from, is, or the extract from, is, is really, those are, those are really cool looking areas. But then again, I think most of these levels are great looking as you're going through them. Anthony, and you kind of say. ramp up. No, I was going to say he's right. The Earwax part is the next part that stands out. The well, most. well, and that's because it's you versus this giant thing that will fucking destroy. Well, it's not and, even they you, and they kill. tell you you can't kill it. <laughs> it's not even you, it. yeah. It's not even you versus. It's just you running from hole to hole, hoping <laughs> you make it in time. Yeah, and I don't know. There is something like, like when you're playing it with headphones or good sound, that it is it is pretty scary hearing something coming up mm-hmm. on you. It initiates that same response of when <laughs> I don't know someone's chasing you. And or, of course, the the design, the 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 level design in those areas is such that you know it's like. It's the, you know, you Arthur was mentioning there are times in games when you figure it out, it makes you feel dumb. Well, mm-hmm. this is one of those times where you just go with the flow and you always end up hitting the right hole. Yeah, because, right. Know, I, well, the, because there are multiple ways to, to where you need to be. But the, right, but, the, but the, the also, lighting, you know, you'll be in this dark cave and then all of a sudden there's this kind of like bright yellow light and a little bit of red of blood and it like totally draws your eye in and you're like, up oh, that's where I'm heading. And it's like right when you're... Uh, your uh, sprint is running. You know you've right. used you've used all your sprint. And you're about to run out, and the guy's yeah, running. I was actually you exactly slide exactly into the hole. Exactly like or that, yeah. or you hit. You know you he hits you one hit that pushes you inside the <laughs> hole, and you're and like, he, and he, you land on health, and you're like, oh, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. And yeah. when he hits you, he does the same thing that the the toxic uh, antlions do. Mm-hmm. Like he he knocks you down to to almost nothing, and then you slowly start regenerating. Oh, does he? Yes. Yeah, because he's and, he's glowing. Yeah. He's, uh, and then it also like neurotoxic. The, 
when you fall down into the earwax areas and you're supposed to run forward, the, the caves that you run out of are always pointed in the direction that you, you need, need to, to run. Go. You yep. don't need to turn around and like run the opposite oh, way. Oh, the other it's thing really is, which makes sense because they're tunnels off of the main chamber. Right. It, well, it makes sense and it's great level design for making the scene, for making that whole scene both intense and quick to move through. And also... <laughs> That's the sound of walking through the earwax canals. Makes you feel like you're stepping in poop. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, another uh, just like alien flashback that I had was like Aliens 3, the scene where all the prisoners were running from the alien and the giant maze that they made. Yeah, Yeah, like I totally had just little flashback moments of uh, of that scene from that movie (laughs) during this section. Like just barely making it. Inside the caves. So this section where you're running from the earwax, it actually ends with you getting into the chamber to take the egg, right? Yeah, or take the essence. It's this really pretty glowing chamber with all these like looks little... like a wasp nest. Yeah, like, it does. that glows blue. I feel, is yeah. it is it right after it? Because you have to you kind of evade the uh, when you go to you fix the elevator by finding the gear, right. okay, and avoiding the fucking barnacles, which mm-hmm. they just decide. I including the barnacles, barnacles just seems. I don't understand how the barnacles would survive. <laughs> Although I totally saw barnacles catch antlions and just destroy them. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's how they survive. They eat um, antlions. But uh, but yeah, you you. It's not directly one to the other. You, there's a little bit of you bring the because you go down. back to the vortigon. Yeah, mm-hmm. he comes down and then the chamber is right there. And there's that the room where you put the gear on the elevator. Again, just kind of dumb, but that's a really great looking room. I think that looks like the caves, but sets itself apart in some ways by you know. It's where, the, like, it's where the caves and the mines overlap. Right, exactly. I, I just like that it makes sense that like you find a gear on another piece of machinery that's broken in mm-hmm. a corner, which yeah. is like the second time that in all of Half-Life 2 where you do that. Because in the first, in Half-Life 2 proper, there's the part where you have to put the, the three batteries in the thing. thing. Yep. To, oh, no, to crank look. that thing is a episode one. No, and that doesn't even yeah. make sense. It's like... Oh, where can I find the wheel for this? Behind a bunch of boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like in earlier in in Half Life Two, where you have to open a gate by throwing three batteries, and you look right. in a car hood, right? And you find a battery there. Go well, figure. you also look on the top of this like tower that's way above you, where you're yeah. chilling out, and one under a bathtub. You I'm know, my car battery up yeah. here, man. I'm like, gonna there's get some it. weird ones, but yeah, there's some. I mean, nice I, ones. I like in that puzzle look. not to go back totally to a different Half Life, but my favorite thing about that puzzle is that there's way more batteries than there are battery holes. Which and, is good. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. So you can find it in any of these number of different That's one ways. of the few puzzles in Half-Life 2 where I felt smart. There you go. <laughs> um, but I, you you get the, the gear off the broken uh, off the broken piece of machinery after you pull the switch. Yep. Uh, like some kind of idiot going, why isn't it working? It's moving. <laughs> and then shows you, I am a sad machine. I'm a nerd. So then you bring the Vortigaunt down and you go to the main chamber. You get the... The the antlion goo, mm-hmm. which he extract he crafts into a very lovely ball, yep, and holds, and then you go you take that elevator back up Thank you very much. to uh to to the rest uh, of the vortigaunts and to Alex, and uh, then they start the, the healing process. Yeah, yeah, you can like, like roll human extract wait. into a ball. <laughs> I've seen, it done, I've seen it done on MythBusters. <laughs> yeah, um. I, I do like that. Um, I do like that they that they pull you. That they first of all they leave a space for you to stand in the middle well, of the ceremony, but they pull you into it and supposedly make you a part of it as well. Like we need a human. You. Yeah, well, yeah. They intertwine some of your no, vortessence. right? But I'm talking about like the game design of yeah. having you stand there so that you can perfectly see everything yeah. that's going on around. It's just nice framing visually, and that has my favorite 
effect in all of Half-Life 2, which is the the sort of pulsing yeah. energy thing where you see the muscles underneath mm-hmm. Alex's skin. That was very scary the like, first I, time. I, I haven't seen cool. any other game yeah. do something like that. It no, just looks like so and fucking And you guys cool. know you have <clears throat> you still have like movement and camera control during the yeah, session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just a little bit. Yep. yep. That's what I like about it. And not only that, this is when uh you know the G-Man finally mm-hmm. comes back in cuz he's He's waiting for that moment when the the Vortigaunts are distracted, distracted yeah. by something else, and all of a sudden he has the chance and he he takes it. Takes it, and this is one of my favorite G Man sequences ever. It's also because one of, they establish him as a character as opposed to a force. Yes, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, is he kind of on our side? Maybe he is. No, he can't be. He always implies <laughs> that the Vortigaunts have their own agenda yeah. and that they're not necessarily. Right. Wait, on the side of humans. And he lets you know that, like, uh, you know, he reminds you that all the people in Black Mesa that you're now in cahoots with, like, probably talked to him back in the day and, mm-hmm. like, hadn't he, you know... Were oh, does he imply all that? Him. Well, no, no he definitely he's a, t- tells... Eli is yes. the only, is the, I think, the only person that's still there that spoke with, uh, with the, with the G-Man. Our mutual friend. Yeah, mutual. yeah. Our mutual friend. I, Just like the chapter. I is. like that he implies that there are interests other than his own, and there are competing interests in yes. the situation that Which are, is what I thought he was odds. talking about, Vortigaunts. No, no, the Vortigaunts think that Gordon is the one that will sort of save the universe. See, I, I kind of got the impression that he was saying that the Vortigaunts aren't necessarily as noble... And out for humanity as as they're making themselves out to be. I mean, they he he just he just he just drew the fact that in in the beginning, (laughs) for your health. Exactly, I laughed because you sounded like you're saying that, Tyler. (laughs) He's just just, 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 just just your dummy. That (laughs) Tim and Eric. Yeah, Tim and Eric. I mean, you know. he just brought up the fact that at, at, at one point, right during Half-Life 1, mm-hmm. we fought the Vortigaunts. I mean, they were slaves. Right. Like, the yeah. only experience they so. had with a human is coming down a hallway with a crowbar. Yeah. Bar, yeah. <laughs> it's a, I mean, and, and, and here we are again, Ryan, at another sort of lost crossroads where they have characters where you don't know if they're bad. Like, they'll play characters bad for a long, long time and then turn them over. Hey, well, and, and we're, you know, we're at a part where uh, we're experiencing as... This character that we are, because it's all from first person, um, you know, a sort of dimensional shift in real time, but with like, with cam, you know, camera moves that you like when you go into into the G man's like office. I guess he's got a big freaking desk. Yeah, and there's it's like a slow camera pan, slowly Mm -hmm. zooming in. It's like it's all very strangely crafted from a you know from a game that that's always shown you everything from first person now you're watching like a cutscene that you sort of don't have very much well, control I, over I and you're cuz your freedom is yeah. you know no longer with you it's it's, it's, it's his it's game his again game, yeah. but you know? i mean you still i mean it's told in first person i was actually thinking about this today as i was playing it um and the reason that it still feels consistent with the rest of it is because as Gordon, you would be immobile. Like you were. Yeah, he's in he your has head. You, he has you exactly where he wants you, so that he can he can basically tell you this is the score, and you may think that you have free will, but I these are the pieces that people have put in place, and I have made my moves, and they have made theirs, and you are all pawns of this. <laughs> but apparently, Gordon is one of the few that can occasionally do something unexpected. He is an unforeseen consequence. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so Alex is back to life after the G-Man whispers in her ear to mm-hmm. tell her father. Tell Eli, yeah, yep. Which yeah, is, oh, I, which that's is the other thing. Of Half-Life 1, I, lo- I love that he when he he sneers when he says your fa-, you know like your father, implying that maybe that isn't her father. I mean, it's kind of 
it's almost not there, but it's there. Watch it again. Look at that video on YouTube. I see you, Arthur. Well, either, either that or he, see, he, he could seriously. Just be, he could just be like sneering because he doesn't. He's like, like Eli. Mm, it's could that a just be like of... a Valve inside joke? Since originally Alex wasn't supposed to be Eli's daughter. No, but he's telling him he's he's saying this line at uh, almost a sentence or two away from when he's talking about how he got Alex out of the out of Black Mesa when you know? I plucked, when we when plucked, I plucked her. her you know mm-hmm. out of he's like he's basically saying like I cared for her, you know to some extent or I made the decision to 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 make her a pawn in this game I, I, I and like at that, that could point just that's easily be like I set events in motion that allowed her I mean, to survive I, I I'm what, just saying like, I see look at the way look at go back I and see watch what that you're scene. talking about Ryan because yeah, and lo- look at the way he says your father even the Vortigaunts imply that Alex has some crucial importance in the Vortessence. So, I don't know, maybe and she is. And now your Vortessence are intertwined. Yeah. Well, but they already <laughs> knew Gordon was badass, so that's no surprise. Well, so, they, they, uh, we well, are the, called and Terminus. The, and the G-Man, the, the G-Man implies that, you know, that uh, he, took, he took Alex out of Black Mesa... Under his under his own auspices and against the advice of the other people that are his organization, his extra dimensional race, whoever they are, that they don't like that he did that. So it kind of implies that he's sort of playing something of his own game as well. That yeah. he's not just under the influence of some larger organization. He's Ben. He's a gore oriented guy. He's Ben. See, that's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. This is not the Geekbox. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now... So I now. just happen to be watching a lot of Lost Season 2 and Season 3 right now. That's <laughs> so, it's just funny, because... Well, anyway, we'll keep going. So now you're going to head towards White Forest again. Right, but, and this is the this is the beginning of the one of the first coolest scenes where, you know, in, in <laughs> I love this part. It is so awesome, you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. My God. No, the uh, you know episode one was the game where Alex came with you for the whole time, and mm-hmm. here for the first time, not only are you fighting with Alex, but you're fighting with Alex and the Vortigaunt at your side. Yeah, the super, the super awesome Half Life team, ex Black Mesa coming in to <laughs> take down some motherfuckers, like you know? a Saturday morning cartoon. Or exactly. <laughs> no, I, but that okay. So there's that sequence where you walk out of the caves for the first time, and you get to watch the Combine uh, kind of amassing troops and sending them mm-hmm. towards the north, the con- towards White. The- the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. <laughs> there goes some advice. The advisors are coming by. They're looking great this year. I mean, Sam. really, they might as well like have a string coming down with the combine shoots. Like, I should have been floating. Just floating. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I love combine the, uh, marching. The Striders band. are really lovely this year. <laughs> the the sound effects are great too because it it makes the it makes those Striders seem so menacing when you can hear every footstep from across a canyon. And, I, and they they point out that that's like the combine march to war because they're heading in the direction of uh, mm-hmm. white forest. Yeah. White forest. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a I said white castle. Oh, and that, you, that also reminds me when <laughs> uh, the, the Vortigons talk a few times about how. Uh, you know, there's still advisors to find, as though they're hunting. The Vortigaunts are hunting down advisors, yeah. which is. I, awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they are hunting down advisors. That the Vortig- right. that'll come into play more in in episode three. That the Vortigaunts will say, "Okay, look, we have to take these motherfuckers out." Vortigaunts are probably the only ones that can resist their their mental abilities to pin you down and stuff. I mean, yeah. when you find the advisor, you find well and like dog resistant. I play. I told, I play like fighters. the side mission where you get to play as dog hunting advisors down and tearing their brains off. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, just so you know, Ryan is saying he would, not that there is a side mission. No, there's no, I, I don't have it. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, no. it's the secret just, side mission in Ryan's brain. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. So back back to the scene though. We you kind of 
go and you run run forward and there's a fight against you know the Dual guardian. Island. It's the guardian yeah. that was in the thing. It's the guardian and, and the antlion warrior. Yes, mm-hmm. and these fuckers on hard. This was the hardest section in the entire game for me. Really, um, you didn't just hide within that little like circle. Of, I think they can break it. Thing. No, it, no as can. long as you're in there, they can't quite get in. It wasn't. It wasn't that I. Hiding wasn't the problem. I could have stayed alive forever. It was that you can't move forward until you kill them. And I'm very low on ammo. Normal shots don't do anything. You pretty much have to use explosive barrels and and physics objects that are lying around. At least on hard, at least in my experience. I I used them as well, yeah. So, yeah, I just had a lot of random quick saves where, like... You know, random quick save problems where you have a quick save and you're like, okay, I need to move right right now or else I'm going to get hit by this thing that's <laughs> flying at me. And then, you know, two seconds later, the Guardian throws the the exploding barrel towards me and if I catch it just right, I can hock it back at him and, you know, get a perfect shot on As him. opposed to the cars that they will occasionally oh, throw they, at they you. Oh, they do that yeah. too. Yeah, it's awful. But it just took a while. It took a lot of running back and forth and finding all the explosive barrels with the very little bit of life and no shield that I had to, to make this part. Possible. I like that they introduce a new kind of exploding barrel in this one. It's more like a propane tank. Well, yeah, like the red sort of slightly mm-hmm. skinny propane yeah, tanks. Yeah, it's the skinny propane tanks. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it's the good, red it scuba have... tanks. And yeah. not the super thin red yeah. tanks that were in Ravenholm that light zombies on fire. Yeah, the tor- it's like I the... like to think of them as torpedos. Yes. These ones look like propane tanks and the other ones look more like mm-hmm. oxygen tanks. These are like but they actually aren't there, but there are propane white propane tanks as well, aren't there? There are, yeah. but they don't explode. Yeah. They, no, they, they do, do con- concussion, concussive explosive damage, but not mm. flamey explosive mm-hmm. concussive damage. I opened up the console to see what was going on. It was really quite interesting. <laughs> so, then I took them into Gary's mod and constructed a uh, Voltron statue out of the... Uh, and then I shot it with a pistol. So you, kill, so you kill them. And then you get on an elevator... Oh, but you don't uh, get on you, it right away. After you have to fucking fix it because it's mm-hmm. stuck up there, so you get to jump up, and of course there are black head crabs but that's, And you probably, uh, got hit by, you probably got hit by a rock that came up off the mountain, too. Yeah, that that I didn't, this is actually a really weird sort of area. Like, they just go all Isn't out with the particle effects in this yes, scene. Like, it's super yeah, misty. Yeah, it's, it's, you get to pull a crowbar at this jamming thing. Like, it's super misty and, like, weirdly atmospheric in this part, and I don't... It doesn't really explain why, but it's just like, uh, we we need to test these shaders out, guys. <laughs> just pick somewhere. So, okay, so, so you, you guys go up all the get elevator. Up. Yeah. And then you go into, I want to say mine or Well, no. Okay, kind. so you're trying to get to the, uh, the outpost to get the car, mm-hmm. and as soon as you get to the elevator and after you fight the antlions, the Vortigaunt says that he's worried because the sentries should have seen you by now. Mm-hmm. And as you're climbing up to the top of the elevator, you see another one of the head crab bombs. Yep. So that like, generally oh, that indicates that shit is going wrong. Yeah. Yep. And then like, and then in almost the very next room, uh, it's that you figure out that the combine did attack, but that the combine got destroyed by the zombies. Or right, yeah, it's a whole bunch of resistance the, fighters the, and combine. Yeah, yeah they, the everything killed got both each other. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Which this is another room where you can leave the gnome because you come back, but you just have to like lean it against the gate. That See, Alex none of that opens, stuff is so where the hard out. part with, with awesome. me for the gnome is. Like the hard part with the gnome is just like finding a way to wedge it into your fucking car. That yeah. is the hardest part. But we're getting there. <laughs> Slowly but 